Alexa, what is diet culture? Here's something I found on the web. According to thriveglobal.com, diet culture is a set of beliefs that worship thinness and particular body shapes. This is Dr. Aaron Nitschke. This is Dr. Darian Parker. This is Decoding Diet Culture. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Decoding Diet Culture. Today, we are looking at Whole30 as a dietary approach and examining some of the benefits and potential questions to ask yourself before embarking on this challenge. So this approach of Whole30 has been around since about 2009, and it has had some real staying power. And it started out because uh, a woman by the last name of Hartwig Urban carried out her own experiment by eliminating foods from her diet for a period of 30 days, hence the title Whole30, to see if it would help her performance in the gym and also see if how it would affect how she was feeling. And according to her, it it worked. She felt better. She slept better. She had better performance, but she's just one person. So she kind of did this whole case study on herself. Not that that doesn't carry value, but again, you have to wonder, will it be generalizable to others? So it was not initially marketed as a weight loss program, which is unlike a lot of fad diets. And I wouldn't really say this is a fad diet so much as like a general approach. Um, it's got some good core tenets to it. And the developer touted it as actually an anti-diet since there is no calorie counting. There's no tracking or I say intentional and strategic restriction of calories. I say that because though the message is not about restriction, you you are restricting certain foods. You're going to see a dip in caloric intake overall. So many do see weight loss as a quote unquote side effect. So the summary of the protocol. So according to the program, and this is a direct quote, by eliminating blood sugar disrupting, gut damaging inflammatory food groups for 30 days, you can let your body heal and recover from whatever effects those foods have had on you. And once those 30 days are up, you're encouraged to use kind of a long-term whole 30-ish approach to slowly reintroduce some foods based on how you feel. And of course, if you notice something that's causing you discomfort, then certainly probably a food that you want to eliminate. The first rule and the core tenant of the whole 30 approach is to eat real food. That means meat, seafood, eggs, veggies, fruits, all fruits are, are approved and natural healthy fats herbs, spices, seasonings, um, which is a great premise. We, we promote all of those foods as part of a healthy balanced diet. We want to see those on our plates for sure. And you can also have coffee and tea without, without anything added. So no lattes, no honey, no cream, um, and no alcohol, but dairy grains and other options are also eliminated. So most veggies, except for corn and lima beans are included. And when people start out on this, many say they feel tired, cranky, and they have headaches. And that can be from a number of things. Um, when you, when you're kind of making these, these serious changes to things that you're doing, your body has to adjust. And so there's a lot of side effects. And of course the side effects can vary from person to person, um, based on that individual and their unique chemistry and what is affecting them. So some considerations. 
it does focus on whole foods, which is a really good thing. Um, but accessibility and the reality of the affordability of foods is definitely a question. Um, it does make it seem like anyone can try this diet and anyone can do it, but we can't neglect to talk about the issue of accessibility. Does everybody really have access to all of these fresh whole foods year round? And if they have access, can they afford them? That's certainly something to consider. And also when you live in a more rural area, maybe where your options are a little tighter or, you know, there's frozen fruit options or canned fruit options or something like that. Um, that, that becomes a concern is, is, well, could I really follow this to a T the other concern is elimination of things like dairy and whole grains. It brings up a, a word of caution or a message of caution because both of those food groups are key sources of vitamins and nutrients with a variety of benefits. So what supplements are going to be needed if an individual is going to follow this long-term and the plan is specifically not recommended for anyone with a history of an eating disorder, because though it does not promote caloric restriction to a high degree, um, it's still restricting. And that, that is a, a mark of an eating disorder is that restriction. That's a characteristic of it. It is a short-term elimination diet, um, versus promoting like long-term restriction, but it has rigid rules. So for example, one bite or one sip of something, you know, taboo makes you start over at day one. So you could be 25 days in and have to start over. So this means it could become long-term, which then brings up the other, the, the previous question of what are, what nutrients are we missing specifically from dairy and whole grains? Um, and there's really not an emphasis on behavior change specifically because many afterwards wonder, well, what do I do after the 30 days? So a couple of things, if you're guided by the right professional, it could definitely help you identify certain sensitivities. There are a number of ways people can go about identifying certain sensitivities. If somebody is suspecting, um, some gut disruption and just generally not feeling well, there is the FODMAP diet that, uh, practitioners will often encourage their, their patients to do, um, which cuts out a ton of foods and then slowly introduces them back. Um, not that this is in any way close to the FODMAP diet. It's still just highlighting that there are other ways to identify food sensitivities. Um, sustainability and commitment are a major challenge for many because can you really follow this long-term? And again, you think about people that live, like I said, in more rural areas where accessibility to these fresh foods may fluctuate throughout the year. So how long-term could it really be? Um, and then it does require some serious planning and meal prepping and intention. So the grocery shopping frequency is more for many because of the fresh whole foods requirement. And again, that's not a bad thing. Fresh whole foods are great. And of course we want to put those on our plate. We want to eat a variety. We want to eat a rainbow. Um, but we also want to make sure that we're not restricting the, 
the joy component of food. And for many, that's having a cocktail here and there. That is adding some raw honey to maybe a a morning cup of tea. So thinking about those things, like having to give up certain things, but again, it is short-term, it is 30 days. So that is something to keep in mind. Um, it, it can help you become aware of what foods affect you negatively, which is a really good thing. There are some people that go their whole lives, not being able to pinpoint why they're fatigued and, and why they feel so sluggish and, and why maybe they're getting headaches or stomach aches or having bloating and, and discomfort, GI discomfort. And it could very well be related to a a sensitivity to a food, maybe not necessarily an allergy, but something that just doesn't agree with your system. It does focus on quality foods. So that's great. It's not telling you to, to buy prepackaged things or subscribe to a meal service. Um, but that said, it's not for everyone. And as we have said in every single episode of this series is if you're guided by the right professional, this might be an option for you, but definitely do your research and do so in a way that, that you rely on sources like registered dietitians and physicians to help you understand this. And if you do suspect an eating, uh, an eating sensitivity based on maybe it's grains that are bothering you. Um, maybe it is dairy. You notice you have a reaction after eating something like cow's milk or, or consuming something like that. Certainly seek help for that because that, that can cause a lot of inflammation in the body. And as a side effect, many do lose weight on this diet, because again, you're restricting certain foods. You're cutting out a lot of things, alcohol being one of them. And alcohol carries a significant number of calories with it, depending on the frequency and the the type that is consumed. So that could be a very positive change. And I would just caution again, it's always best to talk to a registered dietitian. And if you're working with a health and exercise professional like myself, be sure that they are referring you to a registered dietitian or someone qualified to give this very specific nutritional guidance and certainly ask for resources, um, ask to find out where you can find more information about this. That's vetted, not again, the half naked influencer on Instagram or TikTok. They are not qualified individuals. So it's always best to invest in the services of someone that can guide you appropriately. Hopefully you found this to be helpful and interesting, and we will catch you next time on another episode.